Welcome to the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. I'm your host, Julie Boyer, and I'm excited to bring you interviews with empowered entrepreneurs who build their businesses on gratitude, self-love, and kindness. I'm excited to welcome Brooke Honadel, Certified Sleep Consultant of Bedtime Beginnings. Welcome everyone. I'm Julie Boyer, and whether you're listening to this on audio or watching us on the video, I'm so glad you've joined us today. My very special guest is Brooke Honadel, and she is a sleep specialist. And I had the pleasure of meeting Brooke in person, actually, at the Mompreneur Conference uh, last year. And I love uh, this organization that brings moms together from all over, well, not only Canada, the US, I think women were there from many different countries, but I really love the way that it promotes um, connection and creating relationships with other entrepreneurs that are moms as well. So welcome, Brooke. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you for having me. I'm, I'm excited to hear um, more about what it is that you do and how did you become a sleep specialist? Yeah, well, thanks for asking. So I've always loved sleep. Um, I joke about it now, but honestly, I've never really pulled an all-nighter. Um, even through school, you know, I would study, 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 but I would always go to bed because I always knew that I needed that sleep. And it wasn't until I had children of my own that my sleep was kind of taken away from me. Um, and it took me a few months to really realize what that sleep deprivation meant to me um, as a human, as, you know, a wife, as a mother. I just couldn't function in the same way, in the same capacity that I was using to functioning and it really took a toll on me my mental health my physical health my relationships just really everything and it wasn't until then that I really realized the importance of sleep I had kind of taken it for granted because it had always come easy to me I always made it a priority but it just always worked out for me so mm -hmm. once I was in that sleep deprived state I really struggled and I really had a hard time with it Thankfully, my story ended well. I was able to fix my sleep situation so that I could begin to sleep well as well as my whole family. But what I really realized throughout that whole process was there is a lack of information or lack of valuable information online to help us as moms or just as women or people in general to really give us the tools we need to help our behavioral sleep issues. Hmm. Once I you know, started to realize that, I was determined to help people with this because it made such a difference for me in my life that I knew I needed to give other people this gift this gift of sleep and allowing them to get their body back into that into that system of sleeping well so I first started out working with families that had little kids that weren't sleeping well but then of course once the kids were sleeping well the parents would come and say okay well what about me so I became certified to work with adults and as you can guess it's very different obviously the things yeah. that we're dealing with kids versus adults but it really all boils down to the same thing and really what it is is our bodies are meant to sleep but a lot of times they're behaviors or habits that we do maybe even without knowing that are really getting in the way of our sleep so that's why I started my business bedtime beginnings to get everybody to love sleep again you know I really found it interesting that you mentioned about having to get certified to work with adults it's true that most sleep specialists that I've met in the past are really focused on little children babies especially helping them to learn how to sleep but you're really the only person I've met so far in this space that actually actively focuses on helping adults. And I think that's really, really important. You know, I love that our culture is shifting finally to uh, not having the badge of honor of not sleeping. It's like, actually, we need to sleep. So you're really in a great position right now to help a lot of people that 
not only do you have the skills to help adults that need to sleep, but you're at a, a time when we're finally recognizing that giving up sleep uh, for you know even more than one day is is pretty dramatic. And it's, I had to laugh because I was like you in university. I slept. I never pulled an all-nighter. I would study. I would study hard. But I don't know. Are you like, I'm a morning person. Like I will do my best work in the morning. So if I didn't sleep, I'm like, I'd lose my best work time. Would you say that's the same for you? I'm the same. Yeah. And one thing that I really realized over the years of working with adults is we're not all the same though. Right. So when we think about us, our society kind of is built for people like you and I, where we have to get up, we get to work at, you know, seven, eight o'clock in the morning and we work all day. We come home, we do the rest of our evening. We go to bed at a decent time and start again. But a lot of people, that's not how their body clock is naturally working. So they're really lacking sleep because they don't, physically feel tired until say 11, 12 at night, but then they can't get their optimal amount of sleep before their alarm goes off in the morning. So they're in this constant state of tired, right? Where they just aren't getting enough sleep on a consistent basis. So yeah, I'm very much a morning person. I love it. But my husband, um, as an example, he's not, he's the opposite of me and he can stay up late and but then he needs to sleep into like nine o'clock to, you know, really get the amount of sleep he needs. So it's tough when you're at a, in a situation like that. That's so funny. Yeah. My husband's the same. He's a night owl and he has to get up early for work. And I, uh, so I, on the other hand, don't have to get up early, but I don't need an alarm because I've gone to bed early. Um, one of the advantages for us is we homeschool, right? So one of the advantage for my daughter is she gets to sleep till she wakes up. And I mean, that's a whole topic for another conversation about kids having to be woken up every day to go to school, especially as they get into their teenage years, how hard it is on their system. But I mean, this is such a great conversation because it's something that we can talk about so much. Um, So, I mean, there's so much we could talk about for sleep, but I'm curious for you, what is it the most common complaint or challenge that you're getting from your clients or potential clients? Yeah, so I work with a lot of people that suffer from insomnia or lack of ability to fall asleep, right, which kind of falls under the same umbrella term. Um, So uh, non-medical, so, you know, people that have sleep apnea, restless leg syndrome, things like that, they often need the assistance of a doctor as well. But really, a lot of times, even with that, um, they still have behavioral sleep issues where they're having trouble falling asleep and sleeping through the night. So that's Mm -hmm. the biggest complaint. I'm sure even just like in a co-working situation, that's the biggest complaint that we hear from everybody right is just that either they're not getting enough sleep they're having a hard time falling asleep or they just can't sleep through the night they wake up so those are the biggest things that I deal with um, on a consistent basis with my clients and that that sounds like a lot of different issues too because I guess you would have to address each one in a bit of a different way would you say like falling asleep is different than having insomnia like what is really the difference there like how do you you know, classify them differently. Is there a difference between just being able to not fall asleep and then what really insomnia is? Yeah, really, there's quite a few factors that actually equate to being to having insomnia. So a lot of the people that I work with, they don't truly have insomnia because really you you need to be getting a very little amount of sleep. It needs to take you longer than I think half an hour to fall asleep. You need to have five or more wakings. You need to have less than I think 5% of deep like REM sleep at night. So a lot of people really aren't truly suffering from insomnia, but, but that's the term we give it. Right? Okay. 
we know and we relate to. So yeah, it's really different. So what I always start with, with my, you know, the people I work with is a questionnaire because I need to know really what is the root cause of these things. So a lot of times, you know, it boils down to too much stimulation, too much stress. Um, a lot of people are taking sleeping pills, which, you know, is a whole other conversation on its own. Um, mindset around sleep, you know, people just kind of go around saying, I am a bad sleeper and, you know, not surprising, mm. but what we tell ourselves is what we are. So, you know, when they have that mindset around sleep, then they really do become kind of or continue to be bad sleepers. Um, sometimes it's lack of a good schedule, right? If you're going to bed at 9 p.m. some nights and 12 p.m. some nights, it really ha your body has a hard time kind of syncing with that. Um, some people do have a circadian rhythm deficiency or disorder, sorry, where, you know, they really are off, um, which can be adjusted with light therapy and things like that. But that's more rare, I would say. Um, and then people just lack routine, right? They just, they don't do the same things to prepare for bed every night, which can really hinder our ability to fall asleep. There's some, you like just gave us so much amazing stuff, actually. Um, I really picked up on what you said about mindset. I never really... That's so interesting. That's something I hadn't really thought about is like, if you, of course, I mean, we know mindset has, I mean, I think about it in all other areas of my life, but I hadn't thought about it around sleep. But if you're telling yourself, I don't sleep well, I'm a bad sleeper, I can't get to sleep, it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right. So that's really interesting that uh, you brought that up. I'm glad you mentioned it. Um, yeah. And you said something about needing, uh, did I hear you write about needing five or more sleep? Or wake aids? What does that exactly mean? Um, no, sleep cycles, I think I was talking oh, about. Sleep cycles, okay. But what's like a wake aid would mean like you can't get up when your alarm goes off kind of thing? Um, sorry, I misunderstood the question. Oh, I thought you said something about having difficulty like with waking up and you needed like more than, like, I guess someone, if they're, if they're constantly snoozing their alarm, that means they're not getting... The right amount of sleep right ideally we just wake up and you're ready to wake up right like if you're waking up in the wrong part of your sleep cycle that gives you that sleep inertia that groggy feeling where you just don't want to be awake of course um and a lot of times that happens with our alarm clocks because it's hard to obviously sync with our sleep cycle yeah. so if you're not getting the right amount of hours um, in a night or if you're waking up at the wrong part of your sleep cycle, you know, it could even just be half an hour before you're ready to wake. And you do often wake up with that, that feeling. So, yeah. Is, um, correct me if I'm wrong, is it about 90 minutes for a sleep cycle? Yeah, 90 to 110 on average. Yeah. Okay, so there's definitely some variability depending on the person. Yeah, but that brings us into like an interesting topic, if you don't mind me talking about naps for a sec, because I love the idea of napping. Obviously, you know, not everybody can do that, but it's a really good point because when we talk about sleep cycles, really, we want to either have a full nap where you get a full sleep cycle of 90 to 110 minutes or you just have that power nap. And, you know, we hear that like growing up with, I don't know, grandpas and that, you just hear about the power nap, right? They just have power naps and stuff like that. But there's a legitimate reason behind that. So I always suggest either a 30 or a 90 minute nap because anything in between you get into those deeper stages of sleep and then really you wake up not feeling any better. You wake up often mm -hmm. feeling worse than you did even before you fell asleep. So yeah, it's important to note that if you're gonna nap, either 30 or 90 minutes and kind of nothing in between. So important, that is actually, it is really powerful. And my husband is a napper, he loves to nap. So he'll set an alarm because he knows it's the same thing. If you wake up at the wrong part of your sleep cycle after your nap, you are a mess. It's like being, it feels being jet lagged actually. So this is all, this is a great conversation. We could talk for an hour, but you know, the reason we connected is I'm, I'm putting together 
this whole uh, concept of self-love and, you know, really learning to understand what self-love looks like. And I'm doing it first and foremost for me because since I moved, so I moved to uh, British Columbia from Ontario and then I moved again 10 months later. I went from, you know, mainland Vancouver to Vancouver Island and I'm, you know, I've been struggling. I've been struggling with weight. I've been struggling with uh, the way that I run my business, I've been struggling with sleep. My daughter struggled with sleep for quite a bit of a time. And I do, there's definitely still times when I struggle with sleep as well. Although I'm, I'm better. I, I have my own, I have a sleep routine, like you said. And I, my goal is to go to bed within the same half hour period, no matter what day of the week it is. Because I've learned so much about healthy sleep and I just think it's so, so important. But when I talk about self-love and sleep, what does that mean for you? What does that look like? Mm -hmm. One of my favorite recommendations, and really I find that a lot of women really take to this, and um, is what we call the power down hour. So I'll give you a little background as to why we even yeah. get to that point. But really we are so overstimulated, right? There's so many demands of us, not just as women, as humans. <laughs> um, there's so much stimulation, right? A lot of people will work all day, whether it's in front of a computer or not. They come home, they'll check their phone for a little while, then they'll go on the TV and we're just constantly being stimulated. So all that stimulation affects obviously our mind and the stress levels, you know, internally. But um, that extra light just makes it really hard for us to fall asleep because light really is the opposite of sleep, right? So we can't produce melatonin if we're constantly being exposed, especially to blue or bright white lights. So the power down hour really is all about intentional self-compassion. It's Ooh, about- wait, can you say that one more time? That was really powerful. Say the words that one more time for me. Intentional self-compassion. So I feel like I need to like make a note for everybody about that. I love yeah, that. Intentional self-compassion. Continue. Yeah, it's so important. And again, that's why I said more for women, because I find that we just don't take the time for ourselves. You know, we hear it all the time. Put you first, you know, give yourself some time and give yourself a break and do some stuff for you. So the power down hour really is that. It's giving you permission to just have an hour or whatever it works out to be for you to wind down and prepare for sleep. So again, going back to like our subconscious mind, we fall asleep easier and sleep better when our mind is prepared for sleep. So when we follow the same timing and the same routines every night, we can crawl into bed and easily fall asleep. On average, it should take about 10 minutes to fall asleep, right? And you kind of don't really remember it because you just end up asleep. So this hour of intentional self-compassion is that time where you do things that you want to do. So obviously we want to talk about low light, low stimulation, right? So it's not going to be watching your favorite movie, do that a little bit before, but reading the magazines that you never read, like calling your mom or your best friend and talking to her for a little while, having a bath, you know, doing your nails, like things that, you know, maybe we don't make time for, but that we still like to do. Reading is obviously a good one. I usually say with reading, don't read anything too intense, right? You don't, you don't want to be getting yourself all, all excited. You want to be, you know, kind of be mellowing down, but just spending that time and really giving it to yourself and to your mind and body in preparation for sleep and sticking to that for a little while, you'll start to see that you sleep better. Um, and then all the benefits, obviously, of giving yourself that hour of a break too is wonderful. That is so wonderful. I love that idea of the whole hour for yourself before bed, um, doing the things that you love. I do like reading actual physical books. I kind of go back and forth with ebooks, but I still like there is a pile beside my bed of like, I think it's like 15 books right now. <laughs> Not reading all of it at the same time, but uh, 
I do like to physically read a book, even if it's just for 10 minutes, because it does help my brain turn off. So, um, and I always suggest, you know, and teach their own, but I always suggest um, finishing off with some gratitude because you know, what we know about gratitude. So, you know, buy like a little dollar store journal and write down everything you're thankful for in the day. And I always joke, it can be as simple as like getting a good parking spot or the rain holding off until you got home or whatever it is, right? It doesn't have to be these, you know, huge things, but just being thankful for that. And it really helps to put your mind in a positive state before you fall asleep. So it can be beneficial too. Okay, so I just saw everyone who's listening knows I did not ask Brooke to talk about gratitude. <laughs> this is so great. Um, this is literally, I mean, this is one of my absolutely the very last thing that I do before I go to bed is I write in my gratitude journal. It is such a habit for me. It is like ingrained. I've been doing it for pretty much eight years straight. Oh, wow. Good 2011, I picked up the habit. Uh, more regularly again. I've been doing it off and on for years. And um, that is to me, like I always talk about the bookends of the day with gratitude, right? So you start your day with thank you for this gift of another day and you finish your day with your gratitude. And I love what you said about don't make it complicated, right? Keep it really simple, but it puts your mind in such a good place. We just talked about mindset, you know, about mindset around sleep and that ending with gratitude is such a perfect thing to do. Yeah. Well, it's so oh. easy to get caught up in all the, the negative, right? And the stress of the wall. So yeah, ending with, oh yeah, I had a great day or whatever it is. It's perfect. What I love too is when you've written a lot of gratitude journals is you can go back and look at your life technically through rose colored glasses. So even in the hardest times, like, you know, even in the hard times, I still do my gratitude journal because you're looking for what is working as opposed to what's not. And then later you go back and you're like, wow, this, you know, I remember this in a different way now. So well, I know what I would say is my number one change you could do tonight if you wanted to improve your sleep, but I want to hear from you. I mean, if those who are listening or watching just wanted to make one change to improve the quality of their sleep, uh, really starting this evening after they've listened or watched, what would you say to give a try? Yeah, I would try and turn off and, you know, you know, we hear this all the time about the electronics, but I really would suggest that if there's just one thing that you can do tonight that doesn't seem that, you know, big of a change, I would try and turn off your TV sooner, turn off your iPad, turn off your cell phone, whatever it is, even half an hour earlier, because it's just going to help your mind relax. It's going to help your melatonin be produced. And we just, we need that to fall asleep. So, um, over anything else, I would suggest that, you know, I kind of feel like a broken record because that is what you read online and that, but it, it's on there for a reason, for a good reason. So, yeah. That's a great place to start. Now, if people want to connect with you, uh, follow you on social, what's the best way to do that? Right. So my business is called Bedtime Beginning. So I'm on Facebook, Instagram, you know, the works. Um, my email is Brooke with an E at bedtimebeginnings.com. But yeah, I always offer uh, free 15 minute evaluations. And I do that because I always feel if I can solve somebody's problems in 15 minutes, then they don't need to hire me. There's nothing right to hire. So I always offer that because sometimes it is just a little tweak and you just need somebody to kind of point it out. And then you have that aha moment and it makes all the difference. So I'm always happy to do that. Really, I started this business because I, I truly believe the world would be a better place if we all just slept more. So if there's anything I could do to help people sleep more, I'm in. <laughs> I love that. And uh, does geography matter? Time zone matter? Do you work through the phone or through Zoom or Skype? What's your 
modus operandus. Everything. I worked with a man in Kuwait a few months ago. I had a family in Brazil. So no, it doesn't matter. Um, You know, obviously if there's a time difference, we just have to negotiate what works best for people. So we're not working in the middle of the night. Yeah. Um, But yeah, no, with technology now, it's wonderful. You can work anywhere and with anyone. So. Oh, that's so great. I love that. I love that you've embraced technology and you're helping people all over the world. So that's really fantastic. So I just want to say thank you so much, Brooke. I learned some wonderful things. I love some of the language you used as well. That was really powerful, uh, just about our mindset and taking care of ourselves, the self-love, the compassion for each ourselves. Um, I know, especially as women. So really just want to say thank you so much, Brooke. Oh, thank you so much for having me, Julie. That was wonderful. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wake Up With Gratitude podcast. If you'd like to continue your journey with gratitude or stay connected, you can find us on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and TikTok. Did you learn something from this episode? Was it of value to you? Please share with your friends and don't forget to add us to your favorites and download the episodes automatically when they are posted.